Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 280th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! They're on way to win it! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot, short rebounded. May, it's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, here with you guys once again. And as always, we are powered by Carolina Electrical Services, but I am here to recap Carolina's win over the Arkansas Razorbacks. What a big one this is for Carolina. Yeah, Arkansas, maybe not the number 20 team in the country, like it said, next to their name uh, today when they faced off against Carolina. But this is a big win for Carolina in many, many ways. Not only did the Tar Heels have to fight back from a halftime deficit in a game where they, at one time in the first half, led by 12, but this was also a game that was sorely needed for the Tar Heels with their upcoming schedule. You didn't want to get into a situation where you could potentially lose four straight games like you did last year uh, after the two losses in the holiday tournament. And look, with Tennessee and UConn looming on the schedule, it was certainly possible. And Carolina responded in the second half after they had foul trouble again in the first half. And they come away with the victory, 87-72 to 72 over the Razorbacks. Uh, you know, this is a huge win for Carolina, as I mentioned, uh, because it is their first big win of the season as well. Uh, you know, you look back, and before that, it was probably Northern Iowa was their biggest win so far. Uh, but they had played all mid-majors outside of Villanova, and this was one that it felt like Carolina needed before having to play Tennessee because trying to get that first uh, non-conference win against a power conference opponent 
and having to do it against a Tennessee team that, look, I know they went out to Maui and they lost twice. This is still a really, really good basketball team that's going to come to Chapel Hill on Wednesday night. So uh, to do that and find a way to beat Arkansas and to do it without Cormac Ryan, I think is the most impressive part. Uh, that was something that we worried about after yesterday's game with Villanova. And as I think a lot of us probably expected, Cormac Ryan did not play in this game. Now you wonder, was that them being precautionary, trying to you know hold out some hope that he might be able to play against Tennessee, a game they probably feel like they need him a little more in? Maybe that was the case. Uh, he definitely didn't look like he had any sort of, you know, he, he wasn't wearing a walking boot. It uh, didn't look like he had any sort of bulk, bulky tape or anything like that around his foot. Uh, and he didn't really seem to be struggling to walk too badly. Uh, but maybe it's one of those things that Carolina just felt, hey, let's be a little bit cautious with it. Um, you know, and, and give it give credit to the guys that had to step in in his place. Uh, they definitely responded. You know, Elliot Cadeau got the start. First career start for him. Seven points three rebounds, two assists. Uh, you know, look, not the greatest day that you're going to see from Elliot Cadeau by any stretch of the imagination uh, during his time in Chapel Hill, but still really, really solid performance for a guy making his first start. He just continues to sort of build off of what we've seen uh, from him so far early in non-conference play. So really productive first start for him. Seth Trimble turns in a career performance with 12 points, including eight in the second half. Uh, he stepped up and played a big role for Carolina on both ends of the floor, uh, which is what you're hoping to see from him. If he can really get himself going on the offensive end of the floor, it's going to be hard not to put him out there because of how good of a defender he is. R.J. Davis led the way, though. 30 points ties his career high. Uh, just an outstanding performance from him. 9 of 18 from the field, 10 of 10 from the foul line. So he was aggressive. He was smart in this game. And, you know, one of the things that he did in the game yesterday that he didn't do in this one was turn the ball over. He had just one turnover uh, in this game, two assists, so not a, a, a ton of assists. But, I mean, in that second half, you just saw him, every time Carolina needed a shot to either continue to build on their run or to stabilize things when it looked like Arkansas was trying to get back into the game, he always found a way to come up with the big shot. And that's the R.J. Davis that we wanted to see so far this year. We haven't seen it a ton. Saw it a little bit against Radford. Uh, really didn't have to see it until we got to this tournament. Yesterday, we were hoping that that was the guy that would show up. He really didn't. He wasn't able to hit those shots against Villanova, but he turns around and gets it done in this game uh, against Arkansas. So an outstanding performance from him. Uh, Harrison Ingram, another really strong performance. He continues uh, to build off of his tremendous play in Atlantis. Three really productive days for him. This one may have been a, his best all-around game, though. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Some of the passes that he had in that second half, especially finding Seth Trimble a couple of times in the corner, were just outstanding. And again, you see the versatility that this guy brings to the table. Um, this is why Carolina really wanted him here in Chapel Hill because he can do so many different things. Um, you know, he, he led the team in rebounding. That's the second game 
uh, of two, or two games out of three, I should say, in Atlantis where he leads Carolina in rebounding, leads him in assist in this game. There's just so much versatility to his game um, in terms of how he affects the game. Sort of similar to what you see from Elliot Cadell, but is a guy that has a little bit of size. You saw, you know, he, at times he had a couple of baskets where he literally basically just turned in, uh, turned around what. Uh, Villanova did to him yesterday and did it to Arkansas defenders uh, where he basically just bullied his way to the rim so he shows it in that respect but also has the ability to stretch the floor from deep so uh, what an outstanding performance from him to close out a really strong week from him in Nassau uh, Carolina needed all those performances uh, because Armando Baycott not a great day for him as well. Uh, just a rough overall week for him uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, just nine points, a three of nine from the field, uh, just four rebounds, a very, very quiet day. And look, he got into some foul trouble early in the game. Really was in, uh, in foul trouble the remainder of the game. Played 28 minutes, but just wasn't the factor that we thought he was going to be in this tournament. I don't really know if you can read anything into it. Um, I, I think it might have just been an off week for him. Uh, but hopefully this is something that we don't see carry over. I mean, look... Tennessee's going to test him. He's going to get, you know, ha have tough matchups uh, against both them and UConn. And uh, even Kentucky is going to be a challenge for him. So uh, there is, you know, a, a lot of tough matchups coming up for Baycott. Hopefully he can find a way to put these struggles behind him. Uh, Ellie, uh, or, uh, you know, the Tar Heels also found a way to survive a career performance once again from another opposing player, this time Tremont Mark, who had 34 points, including 20 in the first half. Uh, and uh, just, you know, again, this is something that we've seen now back-to-back -back games for uh, for Carolina, they, they haven't really found a way to take away a, a guy that starts to score the ball at a high level. I mean, Mark in the first half uh, had 20 points on uh, eight of eight shooting. They just didn't really make it difficult for him. And he finished the game out, you know, relatively strong. Uh, unfortunately, he goes down with an injury at the end. Um, and, you know, hopefully everything will be all right for him. Tough fall for him. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to, uh, in our quote of the game, actually going to turn it into quotes of the game, where I'll let you hear a little bit from Eric Musselman as well, uh, updating uh, us on the status of Tremont Mark. Uh, let's take a look really quickly, though, at the box score. And it's a pretty good one for Carolina. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, the field goals, Carolina 28 of 57, 49%. They edge out Arkansas, who goes uh, 26 of 55 from the field, 47%. Carolina with the edge uh, in every single game of this tournament from three-point range. They go 6 of 14 from beyond the arc, 43% for them. Uh, Arkansas just 5 of 17 from deep, 29% at the free throw line. Carolina gets to the free throw line 20, uh, 35 times. They knock down 25 of those foul shots, 71%. One of their big issues in the first half was that they weren't making foul shots. But, you know, Carolina gets there a lot again in the second half, and they do a tremendous job 
of finishing those free throws uh, when it mattered the most. Arkansas, five, uh, 15 of 20 at the charity stripe for a 75% clip there. Uh, turnovers, 12 for Arkansas. Uh, Carolina turns those into 17 points. Carolina with just 10 turnovers themselves. Arkansas only able to turn it in to 11 points. Carolina with the edge on the glass, 38 to 27. We said that was going to be one of the keys coming into this game with how good of a rebounding team Arkansas was and what an outstanding performance from the Tar Heels. Their offensive rebounds, Carolina with a 13-6 edge. Uh, the problem was they were only able to turn that into 10 points. Arkansas only able to turn their six offensive rebounds into seven points. Uh, bench points for Carolina in this game, 23. They edge out Arkansas, uh, who had 22. Pain points, Carolina with the advantage as well, 38-24. to 24. Uh, That really shows just how well Carolina was able to get downhill. Fast break points, Arkansas actually outscores Carolina here 17-15. to 15. Arkansas always a team that's had uh, that up-and-down mentality, uh, just like Carolina. Uh, and, you know, while Carolina did a good job getting out, so did Arkansas at times, but ultimately didn't matter as much in the end. Arkansas with six blocks, Carolina none in this game. Uh, that was one of the things that Arkansas did so well coming into this game, and a big block in the first half was really what sort of changed things, but uh, Carolina in the second half did a much better job of uh, going up strong when they got near the rim, and it worked out well for the Tar Heels. Four steals for Arkansas, uh, Carolina just three. Assist in this game, though, Carolina 11 on their 28 made baskets to Arkansas's six. Uh, the game was tied seven times, lead changed seven times, so not nearly as crazy as uh, what we saw in the first game or in the second game yesterday against Villanova. Uh, so, as I mentioned, quote of the game is actually quotes of the game. We did want to give a little bit of an update as much as we got from Eric Musselman after the game on Tremont Mark, who took a hard fall to the ground and landed on his back. Here's what the head coach of the Razorbacks had to say uh, about Mark after the game. Just uh, thoughts on T. Mark's game today, and then the scary situation toward toward the end. What like what do you know about his his health? Yeah, I mean, I, I won't know anything really until uh, you know until I get word from Doc. Um, so I don't have any real update on his on his on his health. Um, but he played you know phenomenal basketball. I mean, his offensive efficiency um, tonight was was really good. Um, what were they checking him for when he was down? on the floor i'd rather not get into too much scotty i mean it's his back um you know not not his neck or or head but it's his back all right there you go so you hear that update from eric musselman uh we've actually uh within the last 30 minutes of recording here actually got a little bit of an update uh this from jeff goodman of stadium reporting that uh tremont mark has been released from a local hospital in Honolulu, and he is going to travel back with the team tomorrow uh, to Fayetteville. So that is huge for Arkansas. Great news. It doesn't appear like there is any significant injury to his back. Um, that, that is just great to hear after such a tough fall for a young man that uh, was playing so well um, and is a guy that was just trying to make a play, and uh, good to hear that news on him. 
for the Tar Heel quote of the game, we have to go to the locker room, or, well, technically the locker room. It's actually just another ballroom uh, in inside of the Atlantis Hotel. And hear from Hubert Davis, who talked to his team afterwards and uh, got a little emotional about just how proud he was of his team. That's Carolina. That's Carolina. When you get knocked down and things don't go your way, you get back up and you take a step forward. That's Carolina basketball. I am so proud of you guys. The response that you had throughout the entire game, being challenged in the, in the halftime, for you guys to come out and make those plays, I'm so proud of you. This is the happiest I've been as a head coach. Your response was absolutely fantastic. And that right there is is the reason that we love Hubert Davis. I think it's very comparable to what we see from Mac Brown at times with his players, is that there's just a special connection to his guys, to the university. Um, it, it, it matters when his guys play well. And in this game, I, I think, you know, you heard how he said that they responded after halftime. I think it was more... The message was responding after yesterday when Carolina probably felt like a lot of things went against them. I know you know, the officiating is probably something that's talked about more with the fans than it's talked about with the players in the locker room, but you have to imagine that there were some guys feeling like, man, we let one get away. You know, it's partially on us, but we didn't really get help from the officiating in that game. But you got to give these guys a lot of credit because especially coming out of that halftime break, it would have been very easy to still be down on yourself to allow Arkansas to put together a really strong second half and allow them to pick up a big win for their season. Instead, it was Carolina responding. They put together one of their best halves of the season. And now, you know, this is becoming a trend. That second half that they had against Northern Iowa was simply fantastic. The second half that they had against UC Riverside, especially defensively, fantastic. And then you have this second half against the best opponent that they've played so far. And for them to come out and play the way that they did, I think Hubert Davis speaks for all of us when he tells them just how proud we are of them because, man, this was such a huge win for Carolina here in this 2023-2024 season. Let's go to our stat of the game. And I think it has to be second-half field goals. There's a lot of things. I mean, Carolina's rebounding uh, margin uh, I thought was huge. The fact that they won the turnover battle. I, I know Arkansas didn't turn it over a ton, but that was one of the things we talked about coming in, that Arkansas, when they lose the turnover battle, it typically leads to them losing the game. But it was the second-half field goals that were really the difference. Carolina 17 of 29 in the second half. Uh, very similar to what we saw in the game against Northern Iowa, where Carolina just came out with a completely different mindset. Now, the thing against Northern Iowa was that Carolina just knocked down a ton of threes in that second half, and that was the difference. That was not the case in, in this one. Uh, the three ball wasn't really falling at a high rate throughout the day, so Carolina, whoever had it, seemed to be... Uh, you know, using the mindset of find a way to get downhill, get to the basket, and score it or get to the foul line. And I think that mindset uh, was something that, you know, we didn't see enough of in the first half, especially from 
the group that was out there after Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis exited the game. And it's something that I think the second the, the secondary group has to look at from the starters and say this is what the game plan is for success. 58% from the field uh, for Carolina there in the second half. Arkansas, meanwhile, 41%, just 12 of 29 shooting. Uh, so a huge difference there. And the biggest thing for Arkansas that Carolina was able to do, they took away just about everybody else. Yesterday against Villanova, Eric Dixon had a big day, but other guys, especially late in the game, Justin Moore, um, Mark Armstrong, were able to affect the game. That was not the case in this one for Arkansas. If it wasn't Tremont Mack making a basket, it wasn't anybody making a basket. And that is really a great job by Carolina's defenders of finding a way to shut off just about everybody else. Uh, let's talk about some takeaways from the tournament as a whole. Uh, Carolina, you know, leaves 2-1. and one. Uh, Definitely would have hoped that Carolina could have came out of here 3-0. and They were very, very close to doing that. Um, but I, I think one of the things that you have to take away from this and a big reason why Carolina wasn't in the final is that the team survived uh, just some horrendous officiating. And look, was Carolina the beneficiary of some calls? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, these officials had one of the roughest weeks I've seen in a long, long time in college basketball. And again, we've come on here and talked so many times about, you know, we, we don't really focus a lot on officiating and the effect that it has on the game. But just watching, you know, Carolina's game and even some of the other games, um, this was a group of officials that had a lot of rough, questionable calls. Um, today, there was there were a couple um, that I thought they, they called just a horrible foul on Seth Trimble for closing out, said that he didn't give a guy enough space, didn't even come remotely close to bumping him. Uh, Jimmy Dykes, the analyst uh, on the game, uh, said it was a good call. I don't really know what he was watching. Uh, that doesn't really make any sense to me at all. Um, but I, I think that was just you know the latest example. I thought, especially yesterday against Villanova, there were a lot of really questionable calls on some of the bumps, uh, some of the reach-ins. Um, I, I think... Carolina could have been smarter, I think, yesterday against uh, against the Wildcats if they wouldn't have, you know, been so aggressive. I think there were times once you started to see that reaching in was going to get called just about every single time. You probably just got to say, forget it. I'm just going to straight up defend. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it doesn't excuse a really rough weekend for that group. And you saw it from just about every fan base that was there uh, that were saying, I don't really understand some of the foul calls, the volume of the foul calls. Like, this is as tightly called uh, a, a tournament as I can remember. So definitely, you know, credit to Carolina for uh, surviving some of those moments. Uh, Hubert Davis today definitely had some moments where he wanted to blow a gasket. So, uh, you know, credit to him as well for not getting teed up uh, despite some really, really rough calls from the officials. Um, all You know, another thing that I think you got to give Carolina uh, a little bit of credit for uh, is finding a way to survive without Cormac Ryan. Um, that was really my one of my bigger takeaways today was that 
Uh, there were guys that had to step up in his absence. Elliot Cadeau has to make his first career start. I thought for the most part, you know, you look at the start that Carolina got off to, Elliot Cadeau wasn't a guy that was touching the ball a ton there in the early going, but at the same time, he did everything that he needed to do to help Carolina get off to a fast start. Uh, and then Seth Trimble really steps up for Carolina when they needed him. That's big, and again, it shows the depth that Carolina has. That's the thing that we've said from the go with this team that looks so much different from a year ago outside of the attitude and the pace of play. It's just that this team is so much deeper, and it showed this week in Atlantis. Uh, one thing that you, you look at and you probably say is a negative is Carolina's inability to adjust to players that get off to hot starts. Saw it against Villanova. Eric Dixon on fire in the first half. Carolina doesn't double him. Uh, it, it, nothing really seemed to change in terms of Carolina's uh, Carolina's play against him. Uh, at times, they, they tried to throw Jalen Withers on him, uh, who is you know a little bit of a better defender than the other than the other bigs for Carolina, but. It really didn't do much. So, you know, for Carolina, they've got to find ways. I think doubling yesterday was the thing that a lot of people were frustrated with, that you didn't see it enough. And then even today, you know, Tremont Mack at one point, it seemed like the ball uh, was going into his hands every possession. And that, you know, especially at one point in that second half, he was taking just about every shot. Carolina did not make any sort of adjustments. They just kind of let him go off. And I don't know if maybe the thought was – let him get his. Eventually, he's going to cool off and you know, just make sure you're taking away everything else and not letting someone else get in a rhythm. Maybe that was part of it. But at some point, you've got to be able to slow down these players that just go off. And yeah, Carolina is missing that wing defender that they had a year ago. Leaky Black was a guy that you could pretty much put on just about anybody on the floor. And I do wonder if that's something that Hubert Davis is still adjusting to at this point, is not having somebody that you can just say, hey, someone's hot, we're going to throw you on them, and we know that things will change. Uh, I think, you know, Seth Trimble is that guy, if somebody gets hot in the backcourt, that you can do that with. But when you've got somebody that's got the type of length that Eric Dixon has or that Tremont Mack has – it's it's tough. You don't have that guy there. Hopefully, Jalen Withers can be that guy. I think he's really shown some things defensively, but you've got to give these guys a little more help, and you've got to change things up a little bit more whenever there is a player that gets off to that type of start because you are going to face some really good players once you get into conference play. Uh, speaking of Cormac Ryan, who we just talked about a second ago, uh, Harrison Ingram and him, both guys finding their strides here in Atlantis. Harrison Ingram looked fantastic. What a tournament for him. Uh, his best game may have possibly, possibly come today. He had 13 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, just impacted the game in every single way. That was his second double-double of the tournament. Also had a double-double in the first game uh, against Northern Iowa. And then yesterday, the game that was sandwiched in between there, yeah, he fouled out, but uh, I think he was one of those guys that was a victim to a couple of rough calls, and he had a huge impact. 
20 points on 6 of 8 shooting, 4 of 5 from deep. So he looks like he has found his stride. Uh, and having him as that third running mate alongside of R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott is going to be huge. And then you could potentially have that fourth guy that can score the ball at a high level. Uh, I mentioned it when I was recapping the game yesterday. I mean, you really do wonder if Ingram and Cormac Ryan can build off of this. Could Carolina get to the point where they have a guy on this raw, you know, four guys on this roster, I should say, uh, where, you know, one of those guys just about every night is guaranteed to go off for you know 15 to 20 points. That's something that Carolina has not had in a long, long time. I mean, look, they had Armando, uh, Caleb, RJ, and Brady Manick uh, during the run back in 2021-22, but it still felt like at times that they, they would have nights where guys just couldn't score the basketball. This group, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's a much more efficient group um, because they are playing smarter basketball, but it feels like you've got guys that can score um, you know, at, at a pretty high level that if you know one or two guys has an off night, you're going to have a chance to uh, find some of these other guys uh, that can help you out in clutch moments. That's what we saw yesterday when both Davis and Baycott were struggling. Ingram and Ryan stepped up and gave Carolina a chance to win that game. Today, Ryan added the starting lineup. It's Davis and Ingram that step up and play really, really well. Uh, Elliot Cadeau continued to progress this week. And, uh, you know, this isn't the best scoring tournament that you're going to see probably from Elliot Cadeau if he stays multiple years at Carolina. Uh, it's definitely not the best three-game stretch you're going to see from Elliot Cadeau scoring the basketball. But still, really solid performances. I mean, you know, 15 points off the bench in the opener against Northern Iowa. Outstanding. Probably the best performance that we saw from him. Yesterday, impacts the game with his passing. Uh, only two points, but still very impactful in that category. And then you saw today, you know, a guy that needed to come in and just be a stable presence, seven points for him, uh, three rebounds, pitches in a little bit in that area, uh, and then, you know, does dish out two assists as well. The biggest thing for him that was a positive was that he didn't turn the ball over. Just one turnover the entire tournament, and that's that's coming from a freshman. So, I mean, you it's rare that we see point guards, especially, you know, here in, you know, the last 20-plus years uh, since the turn of the century, come in and be really smart with the basketball immediately, not turn the ball over. That's what you saw from Elliot Cadeau in this tournament, and it's something that, Cario fans should be really excited about because with how aggressive he plays, if he can find a way not to turn the ball over and still remain aggressive, the sky is the limit for how good he could be this year. The one area that he's got to get cleaned up is the fouls. He fouled out of uh, each of the last two games, so that's something that you know Carolina uh, has. You know the the staff has to work on him with uh, visibly angry at himself after. He fouled out today, uh, which is, you know, something that you like to see from a young guy uh, that, you know, isn't just saying, okay, fouled out, whatever, just go sit on the bench. Uh, he was visibly upset with himself 
and you know was being talked to by by Marcus Page. Uh, so I, I think he, you know he showed this weekend that he is a very confident young player that can do a lot of different things for Carolina. Can affect the game in a lot of different ways out of that spot. Can take care of the basketball. And, you know, he, he still has an area that he needs to grow, which is always something you kind of like to see, especially early in the year. You don't want uh, a guy to be playing his best basketball early on. Uh, and it's something that Carolina should be able uh, to get ironed out. Um, you know, the, the, the thing you take away from it with, with, the, with the fouls is that at least he's being aggressive on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, you go over to uh, Armando Baycott and, Man, what a rough week, uh, week, as I said, for Armando Baycott. Uh, just was not there from the word go for him. Uh, came in shooting 61% from the field and did not shoot uh, more better than 36% in a single game uh, or did not shoot better than 40%, excuse me, in a single game in this tournament. Uh, just... A rough, rough showing for him all around. Um, you know, he, he scores nine points again today. Max that he scored in a game in this tournament was uh, was ten. Uh, he came in averaging twenty two point three points per game. He scored exactly twenty seven points in three games in this tournament. So not a great showing from him at all. Biggest thing for him, he's got to put this behind him and get ready for a very physical Tennessee team uh, that's going to want to, uh, you know, be get get to the basket inside, use their big men inside. Uh, they have uh, three, four different big men that they roll out there. So there's this is going to be, you know, a tough stretch coming up for Baycott as well. He's not really going to have a game where he can just settle back in. So that Carolina needs him to respond. This was. Not the weekend that he, he was hoping for. Hopefully, you know, this is something that is not, uh, you know, that, that doesn't signify some struggles coming up. As the Tar Heels are going to get to some games where they are going to need Armando Baycott to be the version of Armando Baycott that we've seen at times throughout his career. The version that had him as a preseason All-American. So, I think Carolina... You know, they, they they didn't see their best from their big man in this one, but hopefully, you know, they can do the right things to help him uh, remain confident and allow him to respond uh, in uh, the game on Wednesday against Tennessee. R.J. Davis, uh, the other star for Carolina, stepped up when he was needed. First two games of the tournament were not great for R.J. Davis. Shot the ball just 36% from the field in those first two games. Uh, had you know a rough showing down the stretch against Villanova where he had a chance to make some clutch shots and couldn't get the job done uh, against Arkansas earlier today he did he was outstanding um, you know nine of 18 from the field but again really made the shots that he needed to down the stretch uh, 30 points for him tied his career high uh, you saw the aggression that you wanted to see from him but didn't get out of control. That's the R.J. Davis that Carolina needs to see more of moving forward. Um, the biggest, you know, the last takeaway that I have, and really I think the biggest one, is that Carolina has a big win now on their resume that they can build on heading into the toughest stretch 
of maybe their season as a whole. There are going to be some tough stretches during conference play, but you're talking about a stretch here now where Carolina, uh, in three of the next four games, will play some of the best programs in college basketball right now. Tennessee comes to Chapel Hill on Wednesday. Uh, that's going to be a really tough one. Love the fact that it is at home for Carolina, but Tennessee really is one of the better teams. If they were in this tournament in Atlantis, I believe they would have won this tournament probably going away um, because they are really just that good. They just got into a really tough bracket in Maui, there's so many different guys that can hurt you. Dalton Connect is a tremendous player, uh, as you know we saw in his time at Northern Colorado, and now only building on that at Tennessee. So uh, that'll be a tough test for Carolina. Then they have to go to Madison Square Garden to play uh, the UConn Huskies, basically in their backyard. Carolina will have a lot of fans there as well, but that is UConn territory and uh, UConn playing just as well as they did early in the season last year. Uh, do, you know, don't know if the team is quite as deep as the national title team from a year ago, but don't get it wrong. That is going to be probably the toughest test outside of maybe Duke that Carolina faces all season long. And then you play a conference game against Florida State, but then have to turn around and play Kentucky uh, in the CBS Sports Classic on December 16th. That'll be a really tough game because Kentucky, really talented once again this season. It feels like for the first time in a while, a lot of people believe that that team has a chance to be right near the top of the SEC and once again compete to make it back to a Final Four. So uh, th this stretch coming up is really tough. Carolina needed a win so that they didn't get into a scenario like last year where they had a stretch where they lost four straight games in the non-conference. This time, they don't have to worry about that. Um, it, it, they get the big win over Arkansas, and now they're hoping that they can use that as a little bit of momentum uh, to potentially uh, get the win against Tennessee when they face them on Wednesday night. So that is going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Guys, make sure you head over to the website. Check out all the coverage that we had from Atlantis. Recaps of all three games up there on the website for you. Josh is going to give you his takeaways from the weekend as well on a, a podcast edition coming up. You can check out all the editions of the podcast as well wherever you listen to your podcast recaps of every single game if you want to go back and listen to them. Uh, I know it's just been me solo. Uh, it's definitely not my strength going solo, but uh, really do appreciate you guys hanging with me during this time. Um, we'll get Josh back and uh, get back into the rhythm of things here uh, as we head towards the game against Tennessee, but uh, he'll be re recapping that edition of the pod, uh, uh, recapping uh, Atlantis in the next edition of the pod, so make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that. Meanwhile, on the football side of things, preview going to go up tomorrow for the game against uh, NC State, which will happen tomorrow night as Carolina travels to Raleigh, 8 p.m. on ACC Network to take on the Wolfpack as they close down their regular season. Uh, Carolina enters 8-3, and three, hoping to avoid uh, finishing 8-4 and in what would be another late season collapse for the Tar Heels after a 6-0 and start 
Definitely not what they were hoping for at the midway point of the season, but hopefully uh, they can pick up a huge win against their rival, a team that has uh, really had their number the last 16 years. They've won 11 out of the last 16, so Carolina could really use a big win in that one. I'll have you covered regardless on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Recap uh, after the game for you guys, and then anything uh, that we have coming out after the game, there should be uh, pl plenty of uh, of stuff with tr with the transfer portal. Um, could see, uh, I don't know if it'll be a max exodus like last year, but definitely could see some guys uh, hitting the transfer portal within the next week. So uh, all of that coverage will be up there as well as the bowl game coverage for you guys to check out as well so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast I want to thank you guys for uh listening and being with me here this week and as always go tar heels